It is Friday, Toy Department time. I'm Derek Madden. He's Matt Kolsky. I'm going to promise something that we never deliver and promise that we're going to deliver it this time. This is so silly. We're doing a shorty today because I... I literally gotta go, um, okay. but I, but I did want to do an episode because we watched a lot of stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. So let's slam through it. What do you want to do first? Uh, I guess we might as well just start with the challenge. Um, okay. As great an episode, or as I should say, as great an elimination as last week's was, this week might have been the worst elimination in the history of the series. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I mean. It was yeah. sad for everyone involved. It was just like. sad. Sad is the word. I don't know if it was the worst elimination, but it was the saddest. For sure. As Bananas pointed out, have you ever seen anyone in an elimination giving tips to their opponent? No, man. And yeah, you I mean, can see the look on Kim's face was yeah. just like, I don't want to win like this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and like, that's the thing about the challenge. You just don't know what the elimination is going to be and i'm sure there are things that tommy and annalise could have beaten kim and colleen at right like i don't know what but maybe some sort of i mean look honestly some puzzle game would have been their best shot you would think right so yes and and i think although tommy broadway danced his way right out of it i think they certainly an example is the daily challenge is something that like given their particular size and body weight, they had a better shot at than Kim and Colleen. Uh, although we'll get to that in a second. Cause the fact that only three people used the correct strategy is absurd. Um, <laughs> but, but in general, it's just bad luck. It's not as though look, Kim and Colleen may prove to be a good team. But it's not like right now they were so far ahead of Tommy and Annalise in the power rankings, right? It's just no. they got a game that Tommy could not play. And it was... I, I just suspect there were a lot of games that Tommy could not play. Like, if, if you can't lift Annalise, who can't weigh more than 55 pounds... Okay, she I'm, might weigh that... more than him. She's taller than him. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. Like... Yeah, I know. I know she's taller than him, but like, like I don't know. And that was bad. That was very they bad. They might weigh the same amount. Yeah, and like it's hard to pull your own body weight up a thing on a rope. Like, you know what I mean? Like that. that it's not the easiest. His technique was pretty terrible. It's like, dude, pump the rope. You know what I mean? Like he one, tried grab that. One, grab that. Like I don't know. I, um, he couldn't do it. Is the bottom yeah. line, and it was just kind of pathetic to watch not it there was no because as much as they did they pulled the dumb lying move to get themselves thrown in which we obviously predicted last week it was the, the easiest thing in the world to see coming um they 
it's not like they had engendered a lot of distaste from anyone, really. No, was, they just they're, they're easy. Like they're, there's no penalty for putting them in. Well, and that's, that that's and they are there as well. And beyond that, they they begged for it, right? Yeah. Like they yeah. put themselves in a position where, and how many different people said it during this episode? I can't trust a thing they say. <laughs> and everyone in the house, when everyone in the house feels that way, you are going into elimination. Uh, you know, it, and it's probably the very next elimination. Um, it's just the way this game works. So they did bring it on themselves, but it's not like it was like, ha yeah, they're comeuppance. It was just kind of pathetic and sad to watch. Yeah. Uh, how how evil was it of the producers to give Darrell that cha- daily challenge on this first one? He made? <laughs> Man. Every single every single person who has watched the challenge for any period of time, when when we when you saw that, it was like, oh man, they did it to Darrell. Yeah, yeah, that it, cannot it, be a coincidence. I'm sorry, there was no way, no way, hundred like, percent. I feel like the same thing left. happened to him last season. Am I am I crazy? Was it the very first challenge? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it could have been. I mean, they, they've got obviously they've got him in heights a bunch of times. So, um, I gotta say, by the way, before, before we get off of Kim McCauley, and I guess we kind of did get off of Kim McCauley a little bit. Um, I, I'm really enjoying their presence, actually. Like, I don't know if it's just sort of like they're, you know, they're sort of taking over Nam's spot as the fun uh-huh. like Germans to be around. You know yeah, what I mean? And they just they make me laugh. Yeah, they they. They're doing their best, and they're pretty funny. Uh, and yeah, no, they're fine. I, I'm not super excited about them, but I enjoy them. No, they, they you know, I thought they were going to be kind of like, eh, who cares? And um, I sort of like having them around, although I don't think they'll probably be around all that much longer. I, I um, think they are probably in some trouble. Um, like, like when when Colleen was talking about. Um, Face all, and she goes. He says, "I am wifey type." Yeah, I, like it was amazing. That I love it. Funny. She was very excited about <laughs> Fessel saying she was wifey type. Very excited. <laughs> um, obvious MVP for this episode is clearly Nelson. I mean, yeah, I, you know. yeah. Begrudgingly, I, I, I have to give it to Nelson because. You know, obviously, look, he he broke the streak, and and congratulations to him. And, and beyond that, to set that up to make that a moment because it could have just been a thing that would have gone by, like, wow, oh, another yep. what a challenge, you know. But like, it was great. It they was gave one it of the best bits. Yes, uh, I mean, know? the best bit of the season so far, and one of the best in in a while. I loved it. Um, sad it's over, to be honest, uh, but. But yes, he deserves it, and he he, I guess they should add Kiki there at the end and give him like a medal or something. <laughs> Kiki, we're gonna we're gonna get get into the the big sort of strategic play of this episode because I I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, but well, bef- my, before we do, <laughs> my thoughts. And this all right. So I but hold I on, hold have... on. Before okay, we do, because that's gonna be a whole thing. Um, I guess Nelly did all the right stuff and he pulled a big strategic move i guess Uh, but i have to say i was extremely tempted extremely tempted to choose olivia for a third straight week um and beyond that 
I think Norris really proved herself in this episode. So although Nelson does somewhat begrudgingly receive my MVP of the week, I have to say he is surrounded by very strong, capable women who prop him up and and help him succeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's that's 100% correct. And I'm going to, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm all, I'm all in on Reese. He got himself a good one there. Yep. Um, and uh, and Olivia, I was, you know, uh, Olivia too. We've we've sung her praises plenty. So, um, you know, like it was a pretty good plan that she came up with. Respect to Nelson for going to them right away yep. and saying, you know, this is this is the situation in the game. This is how I feel about you guys, and I want to come and tell you. And um, so. You know, so that so that kind of created that space where that could happen. Yep. My I had my for my burns of the week. Hmm. I have two Nelson self burns as my as my burns of the week. Um, with great power comes great responsibility, and I'm not a very responsible guy. Yep, that was um, very good. That was a good yeah. one. <laughs> um, this is a side of Nelson that you haven't seen. Strategy. <laughs> That is like that's the ultimate Nelson quote. So that is my pick for bird of the week. This Those are both good. It's strategy. Uh, They're self birds. I loved it. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I had other people burning Nelson as as honorable <laughs> mentions this okay. week. Um, I don't even know who it was. These are just honorable mentions, though. The number one is a a sleeper. Uh, Someone, and I didn't write down who, so I'd have to go back and look, but somebody just said, like, in the very, they did a bunch of good, like, ITM cuts after he won, and one of them was someone saying, Narice, you're a miracle worker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And another one was Tori, which I thought, and this was, it's not a self-burn, obviously, but it was kind of an unintentional burn, I think. Um but she's talking about him winning after such a long time, and she's like, you know, and blah, 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 I'm 50-whatever, and it's such a long time. Like, it's impressive, man. And she pauses, and then she goes, important. Not Im- <laughs> Yeah, she goes, maybe not impressive. Im- important. <laughs> and then she goes, he needed this. Yeah. <laughs> that one was really good. Uh, but for me, it was actually Tori getting burned that was my favorite. Uh, burn of the week and it happened very early in the episode and you easily could have missed it because it was in one of those kind of a lot is happening people are coming into the house and talking to each other and it's like a three-way conversation but when Darrell came in and he was looking for a place to sleep he he walked into a room and someone was like oh you can sleep right here and he's like oh cool and then he looked around and was like Oh, this is Tori's room? No, Tori be farting. <laughs> I did not hear that at all. And then and then Tor- you could hear Tori in the background go, how many people know that about me? <laughs> Tori be farting. How did I miss that? I oh, don't know. Wow. But it was in the first... 10 minutes of the episode for sure. So just go back and, and watch it. It's incredible. Right. It's, it's when Darrell is trying to choose his bed. Um, and he, he declines a spot in Tori's room because she be farting. 
Yeah, she'd be farting. <laughs> Ooh, shout out to Narisa's party dress, by the way. Oh, yeah. Episode. My God. Yep, which she wore for, for like the <laughs> intense strategic conversation she had with Nelson. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> yeah. She was very overdressed for that strategic planning yeah. meeting. Sure was. Sure was. Bad men are maybe made it more effective. Um, okay, uh, so... One last thing before we get to the big strategy play. Um, how how did, you know, nine out of every ten teams have the, the lady contestant jumping and the male contestant hanging there with his big ass? How, how, after the first three people went, how did everyone else not go, you know what? I just don't think even the best women are going to have a bit of trouble propelling themselves off this platform with enough force to move our big asses to this flag because it's really far. This was really hard to do. And you saw even the teams that did have the guy jump into the lady had to really extend and stretch, but at least it was possible to grab the flag. The only team where a man hung and a, a lady jumped that even had a chance to grab the flag was Tommy and Annalise and we already talked about the fact that he might be lighter than her so yeah, he also forgot to grab the flag <laughs> I know and honestly even them like I would think the one asset this guy has as a Broadway dancer who can't stop twerking and flipping around is strong legs and jumping ability yeah so why yeah. was he not jumping uh, and then maybe yeah. if he was jumping and holding on, he would have had the presence of mind to grab the flag when they got up there because I think they had a chance either way. But you've got Fessy, who must weigh 250 pounds, hanging there, and this woman has to try to jump and propel his giant ass to a flag. It was yeah. never going to happen. I think they all got stuck on the arms. At least, you know what I mean? Like, they're thinking, like, that you needed the arms because they're trying to get more time or whatever. Um, and then eventually when people started failing, you know what I mean? Yeah, but no one changed strategy. Like, yeah. even well, if they, I – They started – like, put the back half, they started switching it up a little bit more, I think. Even at the back half, only – I think only three people total yeah. had the guy jump. Yeah. And I think two of them were the two who got the flag, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. like, it, it, I don't know. The, it, people did not learn their lesson fast enough, not to mention I said that the minute they the first three contestants lined up. What are they doing? Because yeah. beyond the weight issue, which is an issue, with all due respect, as a feminist, is there a bigger natural athletic gap between the sexes than jumping? Lifting heavy things may be the only thing. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. Probably lifting heavy things. But yeah. it's close. It's close. Yeah. Like, that's a it's a huge difference from natural physiology in jumping ability between men and women. You know? So even the, like, even the women there who are good athletes – the dudes they're partnered with are at least pretty decent athletes too and can probably jump further and with more force. So yeah. 
it, yeah, it, no, it was dumb. It was poor. It was poor strategy almost across the board. Um, no real surprise that uh, you know Jordan and Anissa were one of the teams that got it right and succeeded. Um, pretty surprising that <laughs> Nelson was. Yeah, that was fairly surprising. Fairly but surprising. Again, yeah, that's I, I, where I, we credit to Reese, right? Yeah. 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 So, uh, what did and you? Then, all right. So the big strategic move at the with the uh, you know with the with the teams. Just one quick quote. As okay. she stood on the platform, and and addressed the camera, Veronica said, "I am not a good jumper." <laughs> then why are you jumping? You know, like that was the spirit of the whole daily challenge was like i am gonna do something i am not good at <laughs> yeah look that team uh, that team i'd give a pass to hey i think they went first right if i'm not mistaken they I did think they and Darrell might and not they, have jumped yeah so, like you you're putting Darrell wherever Darrell will tolerate being you know what i mean yeah i and that's why like i'm not coming down on veronica so much because yeah. they, they were not going to win regardless but just the fact that you stood there about to jump and were like, this is something I am not good at. Felt to me like the way the whole challenge sort of went. Anyway. If there's any team where where just just trying is the win, that's that's them. True. So. Uh, but the rest of you are idiots. Um, okay. <laughs> the big strategic move, which of course was Olivia and Nelson's teams essentially conspiring to send Olivia down into the pit to do the knife draw. Uh, with a somewhat elaborate plan to bring them back. <laughs> yeah. Um, a plan that I think they actually executed extremely well, if that's what you wanted to do. And, and with the hope that they would essentially scuttle any notion that their two teams were attached because of the uh, extracurricular activities of Nelson and Olivia. Now, my first question to you, Derek Madden, is... Is that a worthy goal? A worthy goal? Like uh, I mean, is it an important thing to convince people in the house that your uh, booty call, you're still willing to throw them in the pit? Yeah, I think it's always good to convince people you're not working with someone that you are working with. I think I think that's a worthy goal. Well, but it would be one thing if they it's now like stopped hooking place. up. Where it's it's like all the veterans need to trust Nelson. You know what I mean? And 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 Olivia is a rookie rookie team. So yeah. all right, okay, I'll buy that. Do you think this was a good plan? Yes, yes, I do. And I and I think I think it went over well. Like honestly, they almost blew it in the in just that like Olivia didn't act very well. Right? No. <laughs> <laughs> she she really was too cool with it like they should have had her be pretend to be a little bit more pissed off <laughs> yeah she had one little line she slipped in about like uh you know if i end up in this thing i'll burn this house down or whatever but i was surprised how convinced everyone seemed to be but everyone seemed really convinced that yep. that like she was a little upset and he but i guess my question is if they now continue hooking up do people still not assume that they're working together? Well, I don't know. It's interesting because does anyone assume that uh, uh, Fessel and Colleen are working together? I don't think people do. Right? <laughs> so, so I don't know. It's it, it's weird. The other thing is that and you kind of left this out was like there's a little bit of bonus strategy here. 
in Olivia and Horacio making a deal with Veronica and Darrell that I thought was really nifty. Yes. You know, to like bring an extra uh, uh, team on board in your alliance, properly realizing like, yeah, these are veterans, but they're coming into the game super late. Puts well, them in a different yes. position. That's Why right. not bring them on your side? And also realizing that they did not have to explicitly make a deal. They didn't have to put themselves in the situation that Tommy and Annalise did because they did not have to specifically make a deal with Kim and Colleen. Right, because Nelson and Elise were kind of doing that for them, right? Of like, well, we won't say of. your name as long as you right. as long as you save them. Right, yes. but they didn't have to sort of put themselves in an unwinnable lie in order to protect themselves on both sides. And I thought that was the cleverest part. And that, to your point, the way Nelson and Norris handled it in the sort of interrogation room and the fact that because of that, Olivia and Horacio could make an explicit deal with Veronica and Durrell so that, you know, when they chose Veronica and Durrell over Kim and Colleen, they would they would not be breaking a promise. And at the same time, if either of those teams had drawn the safe dagger, they still would have been safe. It was pretty clever. And yep. and the fact that it works so smoothly, and I think projects forward to have positive outcomes because Darrell is a guy who does respect that kind of debt and is going to have their back at least for a little bit, right? Like they have made themselves more allies in this game. And also, you know, to the extent that they can, obscured the allies that they already had which is it's all smart gameplay and and honestly as much as nelson ultimately pulls the trigger and and handled his part well isn't this overall strategy play better for olivia and horacio's game than it is specifically for nelson's yeah, per- perhaps. Although I really think, like, like he had to d- get out of that without the veterans being pissed at him. That was that was his main objective, and he he accomplished that flawlessly. I thought so. Yep, but um, I think he could have. But but don't you think if Kim and Colleen had drawn the dagger and Darrell and Veronica had gone in, he still would have accomplished that, right? Probably. So probably. like, I I thought he. I thought he just was in an easier situation, obviously, because he he won the daily challenge. But for the situation she was in, I thought, like, Olivia is a rookie. She came up with that plan, executed it properly, and can, like, if if I, (laughs) I mean, we've talked about how this game is really controlled by whoever wins the daily challenge, and to an extent, this was more proof of that. However, knowing that that team has no specific power moving into the next daily challenge, get, if we, if you're only taking into account odds of winning the daily challenge and how your team has moved without power to this point, I feel like Olivia is in as much game control as anybody here. Yes and no in that I think that she's a clear target if if any other veteran wins the the daily challenge. That's that's the problem for them, right? Like they've already been in how many times? You know what I mean? In fact, I like I think they've been in the four almost every time, right? So Correct. Now every time. But they weren't Wait, actually they won. Except for the one that they won. They can't so, get themselves out of the four, right? That's not yeah. happening. 
Um, so, yeah, so it's hard to say you're in control of the game if you're in the four every week. Well, you know except I – mean? no, I mean, you're you're right. But the impact she's been able to have on the way the game has played out without being in power, combined with the fact that they are good enough at challenges to not only win eliminations but be a threat at every single daily, like – She's you know, been- yeah, she's been very impressive. You could say in, by in the same token, right, that like there are veteran teams that would be the target of most rookie teams if they won. So, you know, like I said, it, fundamentally, like whoever wins the daily controls the day. So that just yeah. is what it is. But I, I, like Olivia, Olivia's performance so far this season in my book has gone above rookie of the year value and close to MVP value. Wow. Well, and like I said, this is a side of Nelson that you haven't seen. Strategy. <laughs> strategy. Yeah. Why are you suddenly seeing strategy from Nelson? Because of the women he has surrounded himself by with Olivia and Norris. He loves love and love loves him. It does. <laughs> it's, all of that is true. But I, part, it is true. I love also the way he he uh, seems to like delicately choose one to three uh sort of locks to hang out of his ponytail uh stylistically speaking <laughs> yep yep no he's he's this got his thing pete going nelson. Man. it's pete, pete nelson yeah. and if he's ever going to win a season Might be know, this, one. this is as good as he's ever going to get i would say with with you know olivia in his corner and narice by his side and a little bit of veteran protection from an alliance standpoint like he He's got as good a shot as just about anybody right now. Yeah. I also like that Narice is totally down for, like, Nelson to be hooking up. It's like, yep. hey, my partner happy. She I'm seems like a super chill person. I like Narice very much. Yeah, big fan. Big fan. All right, let's let's uh, let's move into shows because we got we got a lot of those to cover. Yep. Um. <laughs> all right. I guess, I guess we can start with a good nurse. I watched that one last night. Um. <sighs> I was a little worried about you um, because I know you're not a fan of uh, bad time entertainment. Um, and I, I I, mean, I think this is a, a really – like if you're trying to make a thriller, right? Like that emotion that you're looking for is like taut, right? Like T-A-U-T, like just uh, my, my chest is tight. How is this going to – you know, and I, I felt like this – this film was able to summon that almost from the very beginning, you know? I would say suspense, um, not thriller. Okay, suspense, you're, you're right. I, I guess because it's a little less of like a whodunit so much. There's um, no whodunit, and beyond it, that, there's no... It's more like, are they going to catch this guy? <laughs> well, right? it's really just, is anyone going to do anything about this guy, right? Yeah. And the fact is, like you know they are, or there wouldn't be a movie about it. Because we it says at the beginning, based on a true story. Um, and, and like, not necessarily for the same reasons. But as good as so much of the execution was here, and it was. Like, Jessica Chastain is compelling. Eddie Redmayne is transformative as an actor really spectacular i don't know what was going on with his accent which was troubling but everything else about his performance was was unbelievable uncanny is a word yeah um, i thought Nasia, uh uh 
uh, Namdi Asamoah was tremendous. Namdi Asamoah. Hang, hanging, hanging right in there with all those heavyweights, you know what I yes. mean? Yes, yeah, and and showing a range of of emotion and sort of a range of character as an actor from some of the other stuff we've seen of him. I, I'm impressed by him. All of that stuff, high level, uh, directed at a high level, the the mood, the the sort of coloring of the hospital. You very you felt very much in the hospital for much of this movie. Um, even sometimes when you left the hospital, it had a sort of hospital yeah. feel. I thought uh, it was almost Fincher-esque in the way it was yes. lit. You know yes. what I mean? Throughout. And, and let me say, with all of that, I think I would rather this did not exist, and I definitely would rather I had not watched it. Because, <laughs> like I'm saying, for totally different reasons, there, there's nothing murder porny about this. It occupies a similar philosophical space for me to Dahmer, the Ryan Murphy show that we talked about a couple of few weeks ago. And the reason is, I don't know why this needs to be a film so precisely and excellently executed starring excellent actors. I'm not sure what we are gaining or learning or saying about anything other than Jesus. Well, I mean, I think we're saying a lot about the healthcare system, aren't the we? Ho- well, sure, yes. Other than, I was going to say, other than, my God, the horrors of the healthcare system never cease. But, like, I don't need that. Maybe somebody does, but I doubt this reaches them because that would suggest that this somehow got to people who were not reached by dope sick or the uh the one we watched or yeah like or or the half dozen other evil healthcare system films that have come out in the last two years or the half hundred broken healthcare system films that have come out in our lifetime it's i don't this was so depressing and dark and upsetting and and for what so i landed in a in a little dip, little bit of a dip, different but similar place from you um cuz i was just thinking about this as a netflix movie and just how many like netflix movies have been underwhelming and stupid and terrible and just or, or just uh or, or just have landed and and dissipated uh, uh, immediately upon impact if you know what i mean and sure, yeah. and 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 i kept thinking that wow this is the kind of thing that i wish netflix made more of while at the same time going i don't know that i could recommend this to anyone listening um because i because it it's it's a tough hang <laughs> like <laughs> well that's the thing is I, what you mean is you want them to spend this much money on this level of acting and directing, you don't yes, want them the to make high execution like movies that like some movies that could be plays. Yes, I mean? but like, could they be fun? Could they be fun yeah. or exciting or I, something other than horribly depressing and upsetting and a reminder of how broken our country is? See, I I enjoyed this, but I just like a I like a thing that is can be depressing and reminds you that our country is broken just much more than you do 
You do. That's, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's just, I just think you that's, do. but I think that's a honestly, I thing. just, I feel like this is ground that is too well trodden, mm. not specifically the healthcare system, but generally the look at this, you know, based on a true story thing about how awful someone or something about America is. I missed the whole true story it. thing, by the way, until literally until the very end when they did like the the, the epilogue. Oh, I was like, oh, that's a real person. <laughs> like, I, yeah. yeah, I missed that part. So, um, um, so I didn't come into it thinking like, oh, this is a true story. So X and Y will happen, and maybe okay. that helped me a little bit. Um, but yeah, I did. I did really, I did really enjoy it because I found the performances so compelling, and like, like there's a real Mayor of Easttown vibe about this too. In a way that's a little sort of hard for me to put my finger on, but was maybe there, just that sort of dark you, working class. But um, did you smile one time in this? Like there, the, mayor mayor no. of Easttown at least let no, you I off the hook smile. every now and then, right? <laughs> I, can't, I can't, I can't say I smiled uh, really at any point. Like, I guess and that's maybe a little bit in the some, with some of the because I thought that the child actors were very good in this too. Uh, in yes. some of those scenes when they're maybe. doing the. The play, I maybe thought a, there, I think maybe there was a little smile there. I don't it's know. tough, though, man. It's just a brutal slog the whole way through for it's the most tough part. End. It's a tough end. Mayor of Easttown is a dark, yeah. you know, murdery, mystery television show, but it le- it's not a constant slog. It, it had its fun moments. It had its funny moments. It had, you know, just its dramatic familial moments. And this really didn't, I mean, you know, it mixed in a couple of scenes just to like add some drama to him being around her kids. But for the most part, this was just in the hospital and in the investigation sorting through the misery. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm running out of time. So let's, uh, okay. let's, let's, let's jump to the stranger. Um, which same I thought was complaint. also, <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if you had, I, I was wondering if you had the same complaint because I thought the stranger was also very moody. Um, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this one less, I would say than, than the good nurse. Um, I, I, I say I hated it or anything. It was just kind of like, eh, look, okay. hate is a strong word for how I feel about these things. I don't think I'm saying that, but I am saying that this lived in the same exact space for me of, I just don't want to watch this content. And, and it's, and, and I mean that from a, like plot and theme perspective <laughs> like yeah well you suggested it damn it so you got no one to blame for yourself <laughs> no i i know and 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 again i i am i think you know i i guess I'll, I'll say i recognize and acknowledge the reasons you enjoyed this less because while i thought for the most part it was well acted and and like well directed and certainly had a specific mood and tone um n- sort of everything was probably a half a grade level l- below the good nurse in terms of execution yeah um, and it was heavy on the tone a lot of tone <laughs> very heavy on the tone and and lighter on the plot and content in general which you know uh mileage may vary i suppose yeah, you know, I mean, look, it was an interesting indie movie exercise. I, no. I'm never going to think of this movie again. Nope. No. Um. All right. So, White Lotus, um, the the much awaited return. I, I I don't. 
I mean, I, we the first question I had right away was, are they going to do a dead, do, a, uh, do another dead body? And we got an answer to that extremely quickly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I can't say that I enjoyed a ton about this particular episode, but I'm still very excited to watch the rest of the show. If that makes sense, I, I I don't know that I would have said it quite that so harshly about this episode. Um, it did feel very heavy on the setup. I will say I think I feel this exact same way about the rest of the season because I think you can see in the setup both similarities to the original and, um, you know, things that we might be excited about. For instance, Aubrey Plaza's character is, you know, peak Aubrey Plaza. Uh, not Not to say it's good to typecast actors, but sometimes actors have types that they are often cast in because they're extremely good at it. <laughs> and that's what she's doing, which is great. Uh, Jennifer she's not, Coolidge. She's not April Luckgate, but she's doing Aubrey Plaza things for sure. Exactly. Uh, yeah. The Jennifer Coolidge character is always fun. Um, they have succeeded in establishing some bizarre guest interaction as well as some truly priceless the best moments in this episode featured the hotel manager i thought um the lady who sort of i think is taking the place of the uh australian guy who was so enjoyable in season one yeah seems like she has a lot of potential as a character yeah so, i mean I, my favorite moments were f murray abraham going full uh tory uh, and that that's the other thing uh f murray the, the Three levels of, you know, the three generations there of Nona F. Murray, Nono and Dad and uh, Chris Imperioli as like the dad Michael, with a sex sorry, addiction right? is. Yeah. Christopher Moltisanti, Michael Imperioli. Oh, that's right. Christopher yeah. Michael Imperioli. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I don't I don't know who the kid is, but I feel like I recognize him from something. And and that little group is a delight as well. So like. There, there were a few funny moments. I really, I really did enjoy the Italian uh, lady who's managing the hotel and her seemingly doltish uh, number two. I think this is going to be fun. Now, yep. will they pull it off at 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 quite as high a level as they did season one? Hard to say. I don't know. But what a the Mike White phone conversation with Michael Imperioli and his uh, soon to be ex wife. Possibly ex-wife? I don't know. Um, peak by white. Just oh yeah, just, just smacking you in the face. <laughs> um, and she it's is sort of, not happy. Yeah, it gives you a sense of place in this guy's life. Yeah, it's sort totally. of what why he's uh, appears to be pretty driftless. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, and you and you know exactly the type. Based on his handling of that conversation, as well as like his general tone towards the vacation, I think we have a great idea of the specific Hollywood guy that he is, right? Yeah. Yep. I, the, the whole – and that's what's good about this show. In the same way that I know exactly who Aubrey Plaza and her husband's character are, and I have a pretty good sense of who their friends are, like the assistant, Jennifer Coolidge, like all of the pieces are in place here for – Something that makes sense to me as White Lotus Season 2, which is kind of exciting. Yep. All right. Uh, I really got to go. So I'm looking. Uh, so I'm just going to throw out – I'm going to give you my three-word review of Inside Man. Um, um, Stan, 
Stanley fucking Tucci, man. Okay. <laughs> That's my three-word review. Um, it's a really good yeah. three-word review, but also I think yeah. this show is better than that. Um, that's fair. That's fair. It's a good show. It's a good show. Cause Stanley fucking Tucci's killing it. You know what he I mean? He's killing it. Uh-oh. His buddy though is also, his killing buddy is it. also killing it. Yes. A hundred percent. And just in general, the way this is weaving together, my only complaint of course, is that the central premise of the show based on what happens. And I don't even want to spoil it for anyone. The, uh, the show is inside man. It's available on Netflix. Now it stars David Tennant. And the situation he gets himself into is, ridiculous and like he deserves whatever he gets for being such a jackass um however like i'm prepared to buy i feel like you in like a an a, a, a you know magic movie like i'll give you the premise <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like i'll give you you had to get into this situation for to set up the drama of the story you wanted to tell i'll give you the ridiculous you know setup for the premise but let's have people be people from here on out. And so far, so good. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. That's, I think that's a per- perfect summation of where we are. Um, all right. Uh, should we do uh, homework? I think we should. I, I you know, I got to say, I'm tempted to ask you if you want to talk about sports because we're at 40 minutes and dangerously close to successfully doing a, a shorter episode. I'm but... not going to talk about sports. Okay. All, right, let's, All right. Let's do, let's do homework. We're going we're gonna to watch Blockbuster, yep. which is a television show. On the Netflix. On the Netflix with um, – I already forgot who's in it. Um, but it's, anyway, let's get – No, it's, it's, uh, it's <laughs> two people. Is it Melissa Fumero? Is that her name? Who, Or is that mm. – I get my actresses from Brooklyn Nine-Nine confused, but it's one of the lead females from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, Amy Gutierrez is her name on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, and it is Randall Park, I believe. Randall right? Park. I was gonna call I was gonna say Russell Park. That's why I backed out. <laughs> and I got it right. It is it is yeah. Melissa Fumero. So uh I'm on fire right now. All right. Um uh, we're gonna watch Weird, which is the movie about Weird Al. Um, starring Harry oh. Potter. Sorry, yeah. And now this is on the Roku channel. I don't have a Roku, but apparently you can watch this without one. We're you gonna can watch it for free on the out. internet, man. Just just yeah. go to the Roku channel Boom. Ready to go. And then we got a movie called Causeway on Apple, which is the return of Jennifer Lawrence. J Law. J Law, also starring Brian Tyree Henry of Atlanta fame. And uh, by the way, are you watching Atlanta? Uh, I have started the season, but I, I, I've uh, not had a chance to finish it because I've I literally the only television I've been watching is the stuff we've been discussing on this show, basically. So, yeah. well, I believe uh, by the next time we speak, it will have uh, completed its final season. So eventually, we will <laughs> get around to talking. Yeah, about we'll probably need another Atlanta. week to digest it. <laughs> yeah. So, because I think I've only seen three or four so far. So, well, you know, there's only nine or ten, so we'll figure it out, but not this okay. next week. Uh, so, probably the week after that, we'll talk about Atlanta. Okay, I gotta go. Bye. This game's in the Admiral refrigerator. The door is closed. The lights out. Butter's getting hard. The eggs are cooling, and the Jello is jiggling. So long, everybody. And do me a favor. Have yourself a tremendous evening.